0: today we have a great story of revenge against somebody who stole another person's job we'll get into that in a bit but first grocery store checkout i'm in no rush in line like any good person i give the person in front time and space to load their items onto the belt however i can feel and sense the person behind me right up behind me giving all the passive aggressive signs of been in a rush and wanted to go fast i then start to load my items onto the moving belt There is an inch of space on the end to which this person decides to start loading their items too, despite clearly seeing my still half full cart. Now I can 1. Start frantically loading my items further down the belt like it's a race against time, 2. Politely tell this person I'm not done loading, or what I did was 3. Allow their items to get messed up with mine and wrung in. I have no work today pal, no rush for me. The total gets told to me which I'm shocked is more than I expected. At which point, silly me, I noticed some of his items got put with mine. Oh no, it's gonna take some time now to fix this and we're all going to have to wait patiently. I shot him a look of, yeah, I knew. I will add this is in Canada so neither of us said one word to each other, but my actions just screamed, slow down and wait for freaking heck. The only reason I slightly understand the offender here is because I find when you have to check out with a cashier, To be one of the most awkward times, I mean that's just me being a total introvert I think, but man do I hate the game of pretend small talk that you for some reason have to make with the cashier. Nice day, the weather's cold out there isn't it? Or god forbid they comment about anything I'm buying which just completely annoys me. I remember one time I went and I got a box of chicken from the deli. I'm in the checkout and the person goes, how many people you feeding? How do you even respond to that? Just me, I guess I'm gluttonous. Or maybe you mix it up and say you've got a starving family at home that you're rushing it to. Also hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is... Try to sabotage my relationship? Enjoy the paranoia? This happened many, many years ago. I was in a long-distance, weekend relationship. She had moved to another city to study, and honestly, it was just a matter of time until one of us ended it. She had a male best friend, F, who was gay, loud, and pretty much an attention tramp. I didn't really like him. He tried very hard to pretend to be a local boy. Changed his accent. I'm actually from that city. I have no accent. Most people I grew up with didn't. One day I was calling her. We talked a bit, and I could hear him shout in the background, Have you told him yet? Which caused me to ask, Told me what? It was then that she reluctantly told me that they had slept together. She would have gotten around to telling me, in her own time. Obviously, this really ticked me off. Not the sex thing, I'm not the jealous type, and we weren't really exclusive, but it ticked me off that he took away her chance of telling me, and I was quite certain he was doing that to cause a rift between us. Now, while I felt like taking the train and punching him in the face, I also realized that this was not the most mature reaction I could have. Also, illegal. So, while sitting in my room and stewing, I came up with a slightly better idea. As I said, I grew up in that city. I still had some friends there, so I called my former classmate Ali. I explained to him what I wanted to do, and he found the idea hilarious. He took the idea and ran with it. F was living in a hip but affordable area with plenty of foreigners, especially Turks and Arabs. Ali and his brothers are Turkish, so totally fed in. What did they do? They went to his flat at a time when I knew he would be there. He always watched this one show religiously. They knocked and when he opened the door, they told him that they knew he was selling drugs to kids and that they were watching him. And if they caught him... Of course, he wasn't selling drugs to kids. But he did introduce my girlfriend to cocaine. She didn't like it. But this shook him up a bit. For craps and giggles, Ali and his brother, and later even some of their friends, would follow him a bit until he spotted them. They only did this a few times, but paranoia is a great equalizer. And he soon saw people following him everywhere every time he saw a turk or arab he thought they were following him he totally freaked out and after three weeks he moved back home to his mother far far away oh and the girl and i split up a few months later amicably i mean respect to op for being much more comfortable about their relationship than i ever would have been i mean i guess op said it was kind of a loose thing anyways but in a way, I almost have a hard time believing it truly was because he took away the chance for her to tell OP, and really because they did do that together. Our next story is, whatever you can do, I can do better. Browsing through some of the posts on here with a customer, and she relayed to me a petty revenge story of her own. For this story, we'll call her Kate. Also note this happened before COVID. Kate used to be a server in a steak restaurant in one of the outer suburbs of this city. One night, she got a table of four all of them in their early to mid-twenties. For the entire night, they made Kate's life a living heck. For example, they originally ordered the rump, but when it was brought out, they claimed they ordered the ribeye. They ordered medium-rare, but when it was brought out, they claimed they wanted it well done. One of the group took a sip out of a glass, then claimed there was a lipstick stain on the rim of the glass. And the most juvenile complaint of all, the group each claimed they didn't have forks, on three separate occasions. In the end, the manager had to come out and take care of things, comping half of their meal. The group decided they wanted one more drink before leaving, so ordered some cocktails, then did a dine and dash whilst Kate was busy getting the drinks from the bar. Fortunately, the manager saw a lot of their nonsense and didn't make Kate pay for the skipped bill, which with the comps was still a couple of hundred dollars. Fast forward eight or nine months, Kate, her manager, who was a family friend, and two of Kate's friends happened to be in the city of CBD they decided to go to the rock restaurant that is hard to celebrate Kate's completion of her university studies. They enter, get seated, and guess who was their server? None other than the ringleader from 8 months prior. She didn't recognize Kate and the manager, but Kate and the manager certainly recognized her. Petty revenge time. Kate and her table decided to act exactly like the other group did 8 months prior. They complained about everything, orders being stuffed up, cutlery missing. When it came time to settle the bill, Kate and the manager wanted to speak to this restaurant's manager. When he came over, Kate and the manager started talking about what the server did 8 months ago at their restaurant, and the manager even had a photo of the docket for that night on her phone. When I asked Kate why someone would keep a photo of a docket for 8 months on their phone like this, Kate said she had no idea, but the manager used to take photos of the dockets for Dine and Dashers when it would happen. This restaurant's manager called the server over, asked her a few questions, showed her the docket from 8 months prior, and then he comped the entire meal for Kate and her table, saying it was going to come out of the server's tips. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Storytime I mean, it's good revenge, but my question is, can they do that? Are they allowed to withhold server's tips like that? Our next story is, slide 45, little buddy. So, I was sitting in bed, doom-scrolling through TikTok as usual, when I left a comment expressing sympathy to a sexual assault victim, talking about her trauma. Soon afterwards, another user replied to my comment with, Slide 45, little buddy. These sorts of comments are all over TikTok right now, saying slide so and so is Gen Alpha's way of telling you that they find your comments so cringe, they're going to put it in a slideshow of cringe comments, or something like that. Normally I wouldn't even care, but I'm on my period and I'm sleep deprived because I'm in desperate need of a root canal I can't afford, and when I lay down at night, the throbbing pain keeps me awake, so I became blind and deaf with rage. I went to his page to see if he looked as stupid as he sounded, and he did. He was a greasy little 12-year-old boy from the Bronx with a bowl cut and that empty-headed iPad baby stare. I know he's 12 because he put both his age and his height, 4 foot 11, in his bio. He had about 350 followers and made content about memes and his collection of hoodies. I decided that someone who was already Tanner Stage 2, and not even at the minimum height for most amusement park rides, shouldn't be allowed to mock SA victims or the people trying to make them feel less alone. So I reported his account as underage and got him banned. The very definition of petty. But it tickled me a bit. Go make a new account, little buddy. Hey, I mean, as a person who doesn't particularly care for TikTok all that much, this is a huge W in my book. The fact that they were able to report somebody for treating another person and they actually had some kind of infraction. I mean, shoot, I would have taken like the comment just being deleted or something. Or they forcibly can't reply to you or something. I will say though, TikTok comments are brutal. People do not care on that app. Our next story is, steal my parking space, enjoy the fine. Me and my girlfriend started renting an apartment in August. My girlfriend had a few weeks left of her job as city over and due to that, my girlfriend needed a car. Since she worked late evenings, it would be almost impossible for her to find a parking space close to our apartment at around 9 p.m., since all parking spaces would be filled at around 4.30 p.m. We both decided to pay $90 per month for the parking garage under our apartment. After a few weeks, my girlfriend started working closer to our home and the need for a car disappeared. The lease wasn't up on the parking space, so we decided to use it as a reserve parking space In case friends or family came over since the parking space is usually empty people have started parking in our space we usually call parking security and they put a fine on the car this time i chose to be nice a blacked out bmw was parked in our space and i found out who owned it i called them with the intention of asking them to move the car politely the owner of the car was a 30 year old man i rang him up and he picked up the phone silence he was silent for a solid five seconds before i hesitantly said Hello? He responded, Who is it? In an annoyed voice. Hello. My name is OP. OP who? From what company? I said, Oh, I'm not from a company. I just live in the same apartment complex as you and was wonder- Go the freak away. And then he hung up the phone. I then called parking security and 10 minutes later, there was an $80 fine on his car. I tried calling him again to tell him that there was a fine on his car and a tow truck would be there to pick it up later that evening if he didn't move the car from our spot. But when I called him, I got a very warm and pleasant response. Stop freaking calling me. And he hung up. Later that evening, I saw a nice blacked out BMW on the back of a towing truck. See, I think the problem here is OP tried calling the person. They probably should have just straight up texted. 99 times out of 100, if anything can be dealt via text instead of phone call, I much rather prefer that, even if it's a more immediate thing. Our next story is, I thought you wanted to take your time. On my way to work this morning, a guy on a six lane highway, three lanes going each way, would not get out of the left lane. I'll grant him that he was going a couple miles per hour over the speed limit, but this is a city where most drivers will average 10 plus over the limit consistently. Once there was a break in traffic, the guy still wouldn't move, and about 10 cars one after another had to pass him on the right side. And he just sat there and waved at everyone with a smile on his face. A few miles up the road, I get to my exit, and while waiting for the light, who should appear behind me but the smiley man himself. We ended up making the same next two turns to a long stretch, single lane road that went to a couple dozen businesses. I decided I wasn't in as much of a hurry as I once was and decided we could probably take it a little slower than normal, say 10 miles per hour under. Smiley is no longer Smiley. He's still gating me hard, red in the face, holding his middle finger up with as much force as he can muster. Eventually, he turned into his office, and I went on my way at a normal speed. But getting his blood pressure to spike for a couple minutes was fun. I mean, I'm sure it was more than satisfying, but people who have some semblance of road rage, I just have a general personal rule to not mess with. When it comes to operating multi-thousand-pound machinery, it's probably for the best that you don't become the tipping point for what may have been somebody's worst day ever while operating said machine. Our next story is... How was your break? A small revenge story, I, 48 year old female, dated a guy, 45 year old male, for two years. We were serious about each other and in his words, had no lies for each other and were each other's number one person. We got into a tiff about something minor, he decided he needed a break to focus on work. So fine, I have things to do also and we were together a lot, so I could catch up on friends during the break. A few months later I found out he had basically moved in the day he packed his stuff with one of my casual acquaintances about 50 miles away. Not gonna lie, I was really hurt and very sad. A punch in the gut. About 5 months later, apparently it didn't work out, he wanted me back. He was traveling for work at the time and offered for me to come visit. I agreed. He sent me proof of plane ticket, paid my airport parking, and bought tickets for us to concert. I never left home. He had to eat the ticket. I got the parking money and I assume he found some bimbo for the concert last minute. I'm no one's second choice, but dang was he mad. Good on OP for having their sense of self-worth, they weren't going to be this sad rebound. This guy's well they're there so why not option. Our next story is show up late to your reservation, enjoy having your time docked. So I work at an escape room. We have set times for each room because they run for 60 minutes and we need at least 15 between to reset, get waivers filled out, and read the rules for the next group going in. There are only 5 rooms total at our location, and there are days where we have every single one running at the same time. Even though start times are staggered, start times are available online, and we take reservations through the website and over the phone. If you've played with us before, you know all of this, and if you've done multiple escape room experiences, you would THINK you'd be more considerate of the workers and other patrons. Now, we have a policy. If you arrive over 10 minutes past your scheduled start time, you can either play with docked time, however late you were subtracted from the hour, or reschedule for a different room or different time-slash-day. We are very generous with this policy, and if we don't have the same room scheduled right after your time slot, we've even been known to give players back their time because why not? It's just good customer service, and we want people to have a good time. However, there have been a few times where this group is so disrespectful that I do not, in fact, give them back their time, even if we're dead slow. One instance happened two weeks ago. A group was late, so I called them and told them about our policy of subtracting time. I was told in a rude tone, we're only two minutes away, and then hung up on. Nine minutes later, this group of teenagers ambles in. I direct them to the waivers. They take their time using the restrooms. By now I already knew I would be docking their time and had already warned them I was going to do so, but they either didn't think I was serious or hadn't been paying attention. I went over the rules and stumbled over my words at one point. They snickered and smirked. I decided in that moment that, even though we were slow and had no other bookings, I was taking their full time away, which by at that point was roughly 25 minutes. I started them and then began subtracting a minute or two every time they looked away from their clocks until their timers would run out exactly at the time they would have if they had showed up on time, giving them roughly 35 minutes of playtime instead of 60. They were actually really good at the room, zooming through most of the puzzles without any help. They were on the last puzzle when time ran out and probably would have set a record if they had full time. I went to get them, as cheery as I would anyone, saying a mournful, too bad, you were so close. Well, I found out in that moment that they had beaten all of our other escape rooms so far, except that one they were cursing at each other saying they were super ticked and depressed they couldn't get out because this was one of our easier rooms overall no one said anything about their time so i assume they really did completely disregard my original warning and i wasn't about to remind them they were playing with a severe time penalty anyway too bad so sad though if they'd been to us before they could have told me so i didn't go through all the rules again at least it would have saved them some time but looking back Right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 100% it pays to be grateful sometimes. Some people, something comes up, they're late, or, you know, it's just in their nature. Sometimes they're just usually late to things. But if they roll in and you're being the kind of person who's late because they're just that kind of person who's disrespectful enough to not care and you make a good job of showing it nobody's going to help you out nobody's going to stick their neck out there our next story is forced me to come in with the flu everyone is now sick back about 15 years ago i worked in an assisted living facility not only did i work there but i lived on site as the night manager the company was owned by a family and managed by a fellow that thought he was hot stuff After a few months of working there, I came down with the flu. I had a high fever, body chills, you name it. I was sick. I tried to call out but my manager told me to come in. He didn't care how sick I was. I did tell him what a horrible idea it was for someone as sick as me to be around a vulnerable population such as the elderly. But he didn't care, threatened my job and everything, so I dragged myself in. I was there for a few hours and must have snotted, sneezed, and breathed my plague breath on everyone and everything. Eventually, I was sent back to my rooms after some residents complained that I was basically a zombie. A few days later, and feeling much better, I heard from my manager. I'd managed to get the whole office staff and other residents sick. He told me he regretted making me come in given how sick I was and how I got everyone else sick. I told him I was sick. I don't know about this one, to be honest. Like, if you know you are sick, you should just straight up maybe even just go to the doctor instead of coming in. Like, I would have just gone and gotten a doctor's note and spared all of the people in this assisted living facility from possibly catching that. I mean, I imagine the colds or the flus go around easy enough in these kinds of places without OP's assistance, but still. I don't want to be the thing that finally knocks out Grandma. Our next story is Unhinged. The other day, I'm driving and changed lanes to go around someone. As I'm checking my rear view, I can see the car behind me is also changing lanes. But I go ahead and change. I pass the car, and so does the car behind me. She or he then whips into the left lane and whips back into my lane, nearly hitting me. She or he was clearly letting me know that they didn't appreciate me getting in their way. The person was clearly in a hurry, but the road was busy. I became unhinged and decided to follow them. I didn't drive crazy because i didn't want them to really notice or have some sort of violent interaction they got away but i made some deductions it was a kind of crappy used car with new tags in the window so chances are they are younger they were headed in the direction of a community college and it was about five minutes to the top of an hour my guess was late for class i pulled into the parking lot probably four to five minutes behind and found the car I was thinking about keying the car or slashing the tires, but this petty revenge subreddit was ringing my ears, don't do any damage, so I wrote them a note, you shouldn't drive so aggressive, some people are unhinged, now that I know your class schedule, I'll be watching, I truly hope this person has been stressed checking their six for the past two weeks, I'm thinking about leaving another note soon to extend my revenge. I mean I wouldn't say go out of your way to try to instill some fear in this person but I mean if it's convenient and you have the time, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to give this younger person a healthy fear of acting irrational on the road. Like I said earlier, the more respect you show to these multi-thousand pound machines I think the better. Our next story is, troublesome coworker has just put her foot in it. So I've been working at this organization for 11 months and my job is great. I just occasionally have to deal with a difficult member of staff. Months ago, my boss stepped in after I voiced this coworker, we'll call her Karen at this point for ease, had a habit of getting marketing decisions overturned due to her personal preference. Karen isn't a marketer, and when she sticks to her job, does a fantastic job. The problem is, when she had an opinion, she either makes it sound like the rest of her team agrees with her, or she bends up her management to get decisions overturned. I will state... I don't hate this woman. I get why she's this way from her previous job history. In the past, she's had to do everything herself and been able to have as much creative freedom as she wants, with no need to stick to a professional brand. Now I've started working there and we're expanding. I've been working on bringing the branding together to make the organization far more professional to reach more audiences. It doesn't stop me feeling frustrated at her actions, and many an afternoon I've spent cursing at my computer as she decided to get creative in Canva or Photoshop. We've spent additional money and time due to Karen, and now my boss hates her. I've put processes in place with my boss to help stop Karen from being able to get away with her habit of almost demanding a reversal of marketing decisions made to approval process. It's because of Karen that our huge radio show project almost got flushed after spending two grand on advertising, all because she made a decision no one in the team wanted to take part. Turns out the rest of the team were excited about their potential radio fame, but this set back the project by two months, causing my boss untold levels of stress. My boss sees Karen now as her arch nemesis. I don't talk to Karen verbally, so everything is through teams or is supposed to be through a new request system. The automated request system is lovely and everyone has found it helpful as it allows me and my boss to keep on top of requests assigned to whoever needs us to focus on things to also have information to help us complete the tasks requested of us the processes my boss and i created have been working recently until friday in a group chat i mentioned to karen and everyone else in her team about a new landing page being designed We have a PR campaign launching on Thursday and it's connected to statistics from the research we've been running. Cue Karen going on one of her normal rants, usually step one of her normal methods of destroying my projects, only for her boss to shut her down with, we can't use personal experiences but have to use statistics. This project is also automated so we'll help take away work from you. It was glorious because this is the first time in writing this has happened. The only other time this happened was in a meeting months ago and why i do not have video calls anymore karen gets very passionate and the team and my boss and karen's boss did not like how she was treating me only it gets better as another member of staff running the research comes and provides the statistics for the first time i'm having two people support my marketing decisions and shutting her down normally that would be enough but how later i'm sent a message from karen She's finally completed her sample pack for a campaign. It's a little late already, but hey, at least we have it, so I start to check it out. This is when I swear at my screen again. Good thing I work from home. She's decided for a one-off week to create a new logo mixing various aspects of existing brands together. We have a set of branding where we have a typography logo and a matching icon. Said icon can only be used for that brand. She's taken the icon to create a new brand. Brand guidelines are really clear on the use of the logos, and we have templates created with very set typography in terms of location, size, font, and color. Trying to be diplomatic, and to help her save face, I message asking her where the logo has come from, as logos need to be approved by my boss. We work different hours, so I've finished work by the time I get a response. I was expecting a, sorry, I made it, I can remove it, but instead she's done the stupidest thing and decided to step her foot in it. I didn't think it was a big deal, I've emailed your boss. The email is going to my boss, who hates her, showing that she's decided, despite many warnings, to get creative with branding for no reason, claiming it will help us obtain a substantial amount of leads. Last week I pulled in more leads than the whole team managed in a year. This small pack Karen has created will not make much of a dent. My boss is going to come back from some holiday off to a full inbox enough to make anyone weep, including one from Karen who's not using the approval system set out, showing she's breaking the rules again. She's also CC'd in myself and her own boss. This is not going to go well for Karen tomorrow. I'm not sure if it's petty revenge, as I did try and be diplomatic, but I could have also done more to stop her getting herself in trouble. Tomorrow is probably going to involve a lot of swearing from my normally very polite boss. It's weird, but I feel bad for her. But at the same time, hoping Karen will finally understand not to do this stuff in the future. I just hope OP keeps us posted because I want to hear all about the fallout from this. Our next story is, steal my job? Fine, but any issues you have are not my problem. So until recently, I worked at my university in an admin position. I love the job. My boss, L was really happy with me but i was temporary and when my contract came up for renewal my friend b who was also an admin assistant with a permanent contract at the uni went to the dean and said basically that she could do everything i was doing as part of her already existing duties so there was no need to renew my contract i know this because b told me that she had done this because she wanted to work with l despite l not wanting to work with b l was just as upset about this as i was and asked the dean to reconsider no luck l and i had started a whole bunch of projects together which we'd split the work for but i'd created the bulk of the content because l had other responsibilities and i'd handled a lot of the communication with the few dozen people we had roped into helping the same day b took over she sent out a bunch of emails talking about the projects l and i had completed together and in these emails b presented it all as her own work with input from l l apologized to me for b doing that and said it was inappropriate I still had access to all of the materials and had created about 80% of them entirely alone. So, I very simply locked everything down, B messaged asking where the material was. I responded that as I'm no longer employed by the uni, I no longer have access to confidential materials. And if no one but me can access it, that's B's issue to sort out. The materials contain everything from promo pieces to email templates to spreadsheets regarding annual leave. The remaining 20% of content, which both myself and B had access to, was all fairly rough. Had some typos, some incorrect dates, the wrong titles in a few places, incomplete paragraphs, minor things like that, all of which were on my list to fix because only I knew about them, and all of which B overlooked and just sent out. As a result, B has signed lecturers up for events that they're not available for. She's had to remake all of my content from scratch. She's not sent out a single email that is 100% correct. She can't get into the social media I created. She can't access the shared inbox I made. She's advertised events with the wrong date slash time or content. And she's behind on everything. I know all of this because Elle complains about it to me every time I see her. And I did admit all of this to L, and she says I'm being reasonable here. And B messages me almost daily to tell me how awful a person I am because i won't share any resources with her it's the only reason i've not blocked b the updates i'm also getting regular emails from various departments and people who don't know b has taken over my job yet asking why they've been put down to present a talk at uni on a day they'll be on another continent or something like that and i've just responded that this is b's job now but everything was fine when i left so clearly whatever happened b needs to fix it b now hates me but that's not my problem either. B will probably be gone pretty soon. It's one thing to uproot somebody who's been working there for a while and take their job, but if you're woefully unprepared to pick up that slack and understand what all you're going to have to fix with them having run the show, then clearly you weren't ready for that coup to begin with. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left